Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and today we're joined by a very special guest. Main reason is because he's basically my Irish brother from another mother. Uh, I've known David for the last couple of years, and through that, our relationship has grown. Now, just to give you guys a quick heads up about David Walsh, um, he is... He is actually the highest paid consultant and strategist for YouTube marketing. And how would you actually put it? it was- highest UK YouTube strategy strategist, UK strategist. That's the one. Yeah. Highest paid UK strategist, uh, particularly in the video sector and has over 152,000 subscribers in probably one of the toughest niches to build a subscriber base in, which is business videos and how to grow your YouTube channel, um, which I know a lot of people do but they're boring and David isn't. So you should really go check out his channel, which I'm going to be telling you guys to do quite a lot because I'm a huge fan. And if you guys search a couple of videos, you will find me uh, randomly in them. My particular favorite one was the Halloween one we did where I had a blonde wig the entire time. That was good. That was good. I wanted to take that wig home. So without further ado, I'm going to just bring my brother David on. David, great to have you on the show, man. Great to be here, Adol. Man, I'm sorry I actually butchered that intro, but to be fair, it's us. I love you, and I'm definitely just going to always sing your praises. This entire show is going to be mostly a fanboy service to you. Just a heads up to everyone listening. Don't worry, I'm going to get some secrets out of him as well. It happens. But how have you been, man? Uh, very good. Busy, busy. Very busy. Yeah, I know. 2019 kind of flew off the handle of amazingness. Like, as far as I know, like it's just been nonstop amazing thing after another, and I will reference ken's uh comment at your wedding which was mr magic because the more the more i see it the more it happens we'll talk about that in a moment because you pulled off something incredible for that and i'm very very grateful and happy that was invited i could be there uh to witness it all because i know if i heard about it from someone else and wasn't there i'd kick myself Uh, well you wouldn't have believed it no it's unbelievable guys you guys have to listen to the story but we're gonna get into it because there was a lot of uh, persuasion actually hidden in underneath what David was saying and how he got it done. It'll give you a full extension of everything. But real quick before we begin, this episode is sponsored by DavidWalshOnline.com and the YouTube channel, David Walsh Online. Uh, You guys can go there, check out exactly how to grow your YouTube channel, how to actually use it for your business. Uh, You can reach out to David and actually apply to work with him because he only works with, I think it's only six people, but usually have about four slots filled every month anyway. Yeah, I can only take three to four a month. Oh, wow. So so I actually dropped down from six. Okay. So yeah, you only have like one or two slots. Actually, one slot a month if you have any space. Reach out to him. If not, just get his stuff. Trust me, you will not regret it. I go through his video marketing stuff. And anyone that goes, add a little bit, your YouTube channel. Yeah, we've spoken about this. I moved houses. I'm building a YouTube studio, studio in my house. And then I'm like releasing a video a week thereafter. Trust me, he's kicked my ass about it enough times. You guys will see it. By the time the show comes out, it'll all be up and ready. Now, that being said, I just quickly want to jump into, more than anything, uh, what the hell have you been up to? Because seriously, you went from, I think you were sad 100,000 subscribers for absolutely ages in the last couple of months. It seems it just staggeringly grew. Because the last time I spoke to you, you had 140,000 subscribers, and now you're at 152,000. Yeah, so I took a... I guess a sabbatical for want of a better word uh, away from making YouTube videos and um, realistically or well, honestly I, I got a bit bored 
Um, it was at the time, like going back, oh, up to, I'd say a year ago, actually, about a year ago. Uh, things weren't really happening on, on the YouTube front. I wasn't getting much work from it. Um, it was a difficult nut to crack on this side of the Atlantic, whereas in the US, it's easier for them to understand the concept of marketing on YouTube. Whereas over here, it was like, it's just for cat videos and looking up pranks and stuff like that. Yeah, you say that, but my cat videos still don't get a lot of views yet. Mainly because I haven't keyworded it properly. Re probably. I should really just launch a YouTube channel about cats and what my cats do, and then just like leverage that into my business. But the internet's built on cat videos, seriously. And Keanu Reeves. How, how can that not be viral? I know, right? I should totally do that. I'm, I, I guess my cats just don't do as much fun stuff as they used to. You need to make them work more. I really do. There's one Pay the rent. Me. <laughs> yeah. They sat right next to me as well. Oh, God. Could you imagine that in, like, two years' time when they go, how do you make your money out of cat videos? <laughs> like, what do you mean? These fuckers pay my rent. That's all they do. Just sl slave them into making one video a day for me. It's like a farm. Oh, God. My imagination's going to so many different places. But anyway. Anyway, continue. back on track yep. here. <laughs> yeah. Back on track. <laughs> so uh, things weren't really going well for me. Uh, but then uh, I, I, I just sort of looked at things. Somebody just said to me, hey, you have to be the YouTube guy. I was doing uh, membership sites and, um, and stuff like that and digital marketing for a couple of retainer clients. And when somebody said to me, you need to be the YouTube guy, it says the UK is crying out for somebody to dominate this market. Um, there's, there's a guy who's dominating YouTube paid, but no one's dominating YouTube organic. So I sort of took a punt on it. Um, they put me in, in contact with a couple of people who may be interested in my services. Uh, one guy was called Samuel Leeds, who at the time was at 10, had just gone over 10,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Uh, I did a, a, an audit for him and I said, you have a massive big hole in your business, in your YouTube strategy. Uh, it says on the, uh, associated video side, you said you're doing brilliant. You've got content that your audience loves and they're clicking from video to video to video. But on search, you have a massive hole. People are not finding your videos as much as they should. So one thing led to another. He hired me and then grew, was growing his channel very nicely. Then at Christmas, uh, he wanted to release uh, a 34 minute documentary how he took his knowledge and uh, went to Sheffield, had 50 pounds in his pocket or something like that for a week. He paid for his hotel and that was all the money he had to do a, a four, basically a 4K property deal. Wow. Uh, and he had to do it with no money. Wow. So he had five days. This was his challenge that he was going to prove his own stuff in five days with no money. Damn. And I'm guessing he did do that. He did, but he, he actually wanted to fail. And I sort of kind of, in the back of my mind, wanted him to fail. I wanted him to just come short of the 4K target that he had set. Like if he'd come in at 3.7 or something like that, I thought, you know what? That's exactly what, because people don't like, people like a winner. But if you crush it and think, oh, well, it's that so easy. But he just barely made it. He, he got the deal in by 5 p.m. on the Friday. So he just got in by the skin of his teeth. So... We, uh, I set a strategy up for this because uh, it went out December 26, 7 p.m. Boxing Day. I set up a strategy to get a lot of um, momentum on the video before I went live using the YouTube tools, just your standard stuff on YouTube and his email list and stuff like this. So we got a good buzz. Like I'm on, on, <laughs> I'm on holiday in Cyprus for Christmas and I'm still working. 
So I'm in my hotel, I'm working, da 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 da, da doing all this stuff before before it launches on Boxing Day. And we're messaging each other Christmas Day, all this sort of stuff on WhatsApp. But uh, video went out. We got a low. We got 728 people to watch it live, which was phenomenal. The comments were brilliant. So people are commenting as stuff happens. His car breaks down. Somebody goes, "Oh my God, I can't believe his car broke down." Hope he makes the meeting. All of this stuff is happening. The the um, interaction was phenomenal. Brilliant. So uh, then. Uh, that went out and then people were coming in because people didn't realize that it, uh, we were using a tool called YouTube premieres, which is like a, a trailer. So it comes out and you watch it live like your TV show, like a TV program. So, you know, you, you can't rewind till it's finished. So you got to wait the 34 minutes in order to be able to go back and watch it from the start. So people were coming in like at minute 10, minute 15, and they were going, oh, my God, I missed the first bit of it. Oh, I got to go watch it again. All this sort of thing was happening. So. Uh, got a load of traction, fantastic comments. One comment was, oh my God, I can't believe I've learned more in 34 minutes than I have done in 40 minutes of property investing. Wow. So all of these things were, I was going, this is fantastic. You can't make this stuff up. So I messaged him first thing next day after reading a load of the comments and I went, are you sending an email out to your list today about, you know, with the screen capture of the social, the, the comments you've got on the video? And I went, no. And I said, replied back, says, you are now. So I said, take screenshots, put this in an email, send it out to your list going, hey, the fantastic reaction you've had about your video. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. If you have watched it, go watch it again because there's parts you'll have missed. So used his list and, and got them to, to do that. So that was going really, really well. And of course, you get a bit of a drop off. So it was, oh, it was New Year's Eve. All of a sudden, YouTube grabbed hold of this video and it plastered it everywhere, absolutely everywhere, because the title of it was Financial Freedom Challenge, which, of course, when it comes to New Year, everyone wants new life, new money, new whatever. So this fitted perfectly with, with how everyone was thinking at the beginning of the year. So YouTube just went ballistic with this, put it on the front of YouTube, uh, plastered it out to everywhere because the watch time was phenomenal on it. It was 34 minutes. It had good, uh, it had hooks in it, the whole thing, everything you needed. It was emotive, everything. Uh, and the end of it, uh, 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 go go to youtube.com forward slash Samuel Leeds and look for his financial freedom challenge. The end of it had me literally in tears. It's It's fantastic. But okay, wait, uh, I, got, I got to ask, tears is in laughter or crying? No, tears is in crying because what he does with the money he makes from the deal just totally sealed the deal for me. It was, like, oh, my God, you could not have done a better thing on the end of this video. OK, don't tell me because I want people. I'm to not telling you. That's the whole go, point. Go, go, that's my yeah, hook. Go, go watch it because that's going to be insane. I'm going to go watch it after this. It's going to be quite fun to uh, have a look. So that's incredible. So um, yeah, YouTube, like, I'm looking at the stats on this on my phone. And I'm going, it's doing 30,000 a day. Next day, it's doing 50,000 views a day. Next day, it's done 100,000 views. Next day, 120,000 views. And I'm going, this has gone bonkers. This has gone absolutely bonkers. So in a couple of days, it actually has done over a million views. That's incredible. That is incredible. Now, okay, so do you mind, can I jump in and ask a question here? Go ahead. The question I actually have is, so like, so for people who are struggling to actually build this kind of following in this type yep. of viewership. Yeah. What was it that he did that was so different? I know he had like a keyword rich, um, enriched uh, title. He had all this stuff set out because obviously you do tell me to do that. You tell yep. everyone else to do that. 
But what was it particular that made him jump right in front of this huge fucking tidal wave? Because that's what... There was, there was a number, yeah, number of things. One is he was consistent with his channel anyway. Right. He had right. great content. There was high watch time. People were going from video to video to video. Like, uh, uh, what, what really got him going was the foundational stuff that was there before. Right. Strong like, basics, and, basically. And we had no paid traffic, no paid anything. This was all 100% organic. Excellent. In fact, he, he started running an ad for five minutes and I told him to turn it off because it was going to damage uh, what we were doing. And he did. And that's when things went ballistic, absolutely ballistic. Wait, so if you actually are running ads, that would damage your organic search because what? Why? Why would that damage? Uh, because if you, uh, okay, so if when you launch a video, you put it up, the most important part is like your first 24, 48 hours. Uh, you want to get people onto your video as quickly as possible so that you're getting engagement, you're getting watching, um, stuff like that. Same as any other social platform. You know, they, they want to see how engaged your audience is and how important they feel you are to their lives, really. That's really what it is. You know, it's like watching um, your favorite TV show, um, like Friends at 8 o'clock or whatever. People well, tune in. At like, yeah. Pardon? It's like Game of Thrones. Like that show comes exactly. out. No, People no one are waits. tuning in five minutes beforehand, so they guarantee that they're there when it starts. Yeah, or basically if you're in another country and you've not really got access, because we do know this, it's the most pirated show online. Or Especially in Australia. Yeah, it's insane. So like they basically pirate the shit out of it because they can yeah. watch it before the spoilers. So I guess yeah, you know, makes sense. People are downloading it as soon as the show is finished. So it, it, as, as soon as it's available. So uh, you know, if, when you have an, um, that level of importance in people's lives, they're going to go, well, this is important to them. It's, it can be important to other people too. So they're going to pump, start sharing your videos out to more and more people. And this is what happened with, with Samuel's uh, video, that it got literally on the front of YouTube. It was being pumped everywhere. So in the associated videos, front of YouTube, everywhere they could, they put Samuel's video because it, it, it uh, kept people online. It, it had emotion. People were engaging. People were leaving comments. It was inspirational. The whole kick caboodle was right there. So basically, he checked off every conceivable advantage. And I say advantage in the sense of like, you're basically taking taking advantage, not taking advantage, but you're, you're, you're doing whatever the system asks. You're basically checking off the entire checklist that could be, here's how you get it right. He basically, he was appealing to human beings. Exactly. Is really what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, that it's surprising how few people actually even think of doing that. Yeah appeal to people like the whole thing with gary halbert was uh we fm w i i fm what's in it for me mm, um, exactly it's basically it's, it's appealing to people's self-interest yeah. yeah now as i said it was very inspirational so those people on the sofa who were in their dead-end jobs blah blah and that's who he was appealing to is those people who were looking for something better uh, property could be the way and that that's what he was proving that what he teaches works that's incredible Proof that there is there is something to be said about demonstrating proof. Exactly. That, Eating that your own dog powerful. food. Yeah, that's basically the most powerful way of actually showing that, you know, you are what you are. Which is, again, when I tell people to go check you out, uh, you're living proof of it. Because I don't want to sound like a pedantic dick about this, but I will. Um, the amount of times I've actually met other, and I'll say this from the perspective of copywriters, I get it. It's really hard to do what you do for others for yourself, especially with copywriting, because it is 
it's going to the most heinous depths of your soul and you have to live there and i will tell you right now as someone that does that quite often it's not a fun place you develop a really fucked up sense of humor and people can't you lose friends because of that uh or you find the best friends in the world like me and you because we have similar senses of humor which is brilliant but my whole point is there's a lot of copywriters that you see their work and they say they do their work but then you read their work and it doesn't pan out like They'll, they'll teach what they don't do. Like, hey guys, I'm going to teach you how to write headlines. And then you look at their work and go, why, why did you teach that? What's going on here? What's going on here? And none of them can fucking explain it. Whereas with you, and this is the same thing with YouTube, you see a lot of YouTubers and people teaching how to like rank on YouTube and stuff, yet they've got zero videos ranked on YouTube uh, and they can't really explain algorithms. They can't really break down what's going on. And they're kind of just like working off a quote-unquote loophole until that gets shut. Whereas with you, you got like an actual strategy with everything in place. Because I remember when we first met a couple of years ago, you had that whole YouTube channel audit thing going. Where you're like, yeah. I'll audit your channel for you and show you where you're right and wrong and everything else in between is. And that was fucking fantastic. So my question and query really is, um, if you could actually help someone almost immediately, say they actually either have, we'll, we'll go two ways. We'll go with someone that has an existing channel and someone that has uh, no channel and they're thinking yeah. of starting one. Um what would be, let's just say, the 10 things that they need to do? And you don't need to go in depth them. You can just run through them and go, these are the 10 things on the checklist that need to be checked off in order for YouTube to like you or love you. Rather. Okay, so I'll start with mindset first. Because funny enough, I was actually thinking something similar when I was out for a run this morning. Um, um, I'll go with mindset first. And this is one that I, I do talk about on a regular basis. Uh, because people just go, oh, what videos do I make? And da 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 da. Whereas if if they don't come in with the right mindset, making the videos will not work. Um, so the first mindset that you've got to be is this is a slow burner. Um, I have had clients who have basically made their money back in a week and a half from working with me. Um, but I don't. I I you know results are not typical, as they say. Right. Um, before, before we jump down that rabbit hole, I just want to, like, as a side note, as someone that knows your business quite well and quite intimately, actually, um, I will say that David actually charges upwards of about five thousand pounds to work with. That's company. gone up since then. Oh shit! How much is it now? We're at sixteen thousand. Yep. Oh fuck yeah! So yeah, he charges sixteen grand a month, and they're still making them. Well, it's, it's sixteen for for twelve, but okay, uh, for a twelve month package. Okay, so a twelve month package. Fair enough. Yeah, and that's uh, the first, yeah. Anyway, like you, basically people make their money back very quickly working with them. Yeah, so I had one client, they worked with us uh, a week and a half. They put up about three videos. Somebody rang in uh, and bought two um, 4K packages off, off, off the back of a re watching one video. So, yeah, they got the money back straight away. They were very happy. So, yeah, I, I totally nabbed a video testimonial from that one. Uh, but the thing is, you, you, it, in, you've got, the mindset you've got is that you've got to expect to create content once a, at least once a week for 12 months. That's the, the, the first thing you've got to get your head around. Um, because you – and then from there, once you have – accepted that and have, have committed to that then the next thing is that you need to be consistent so once a week same day preferably the same time and you need to be persistent as well is that you just need to keep going you need to keep going because your videos are, are going to grow uh, again if you have the proper content that your audience is looking for 
um, that you need to just be persistent with it because it only takes one video for things to go absolutely crazy bonkers. In the good way as well. In a good, in a good way, exactly. That's where you, where the audience is going. Oh my God, this is what I'm looking for, and YouTube just pumps that video out. And what you'll find is that one video will be driving 50% of all the traffic that your YouTube channel gets. I would actually believe. I can actually believe that um, quite quickly because sometimes you just hit upon that one thing. But yeah, kind and of it's the one that you least expect. Yeah, it's that one video that's just a throwaway thing and you go, you know what? I don't expect anything from this. And that's the one everybody wants. Huh. So that's actually pretty cool because that actually falls into the whole uh, mindset of just sell the damn thing, which is what yeah, just, just some get it out there. Uh, like um, so there's there's the, your first three. Uh, also, as well, is focus on one particular topic two at most. One problem I have with my clients is that they want to talk about this topic and that topic and the next topic and the next topic and the next topic. And they've got like six or seven broad topics that they want to talk about. And it's an absolute nightmare because we go into keyword research. We find out what the audience is looking for. Uh, so we go like really deep into what terms that people are are looking for on YouTube specifically, uh, and uh, like it take it's a two week process, two to three week process. So if they're if they're throwing in, well, I want to do mindset, and then I want to talk about public speaking, then I want to do personal development. Those three things by themselves are two to three weeks worth of um, uh, investigating. Okay, so I'm gonna ask this because obviously you and I have had discussions like this to a, to. To like a crazy end um and i still have that annoying ass problem where i'm like well i don't really know and but there's a bunch of questions i'm going to ask particularly because you know i'm i'm probably going to be the hardest person you work with simply because i well you've met me and we know how my brain works um so like one of the things i have found that's helped me quite a bit was using something like vidIQ to really understand what my audience is because for me my audience is primarily copywriters people in business that are looking for copywriters and people that want to know how to write ads so that kind of trifecta of people. So with something like that, if we use that as a base example moving forward, and that was my keyword copywriting, considering how much competition I have right now, um, with YouTube, I still reckon I can still sweep most of the people that are ranked ahead of me. Absolutely. And and funny you mentioned VideoIQ. That's the tool we use for our keyword research. Like we've got the highest end uh, version of that. Version of that. Uh, so it gives us a lot of um, search data, which is what we need uh, for our clients. Uh, but absolutely, because I'll guarantee you, no one is creating content on a weekly, regular, scheduled basis. Uh, they're not focused on the particular topic, um, and they're just not—they're just not getting good quality content out there. Yeah, I can believe that. I can actually believe that quite, quite quickly and quite well. Um, so. Actually, I'm going to let you continue this because I have a completely side topic that's going to take us off this. So, like, keep going through this list and then I'll. Uh, yeah, so, I'll back to so it. we've got, you got to, like, your mindset, you got to be, uh, uh, think of it as a long term thing. Uh, you got to be consistent, you got to be persistent. Um, uh, then, you, yeah, you got to focus because, um, again, I've got clients, I, I give them the strategy. And so, these, like, we get, literally give them the list of videos, we give them the titles. All they need to do is switch on a camera, record, and edit. That's it, and put up and optimize. So um, then they'll go off the reservation. They'll do, you know, we're, we're say we're talking about business, how to grow your business. Then they'll go how to be a happy entrepreneur. Um, you know, they'll talk about legal stuff. They'll talk about this, that, and the other thing, which aren't related to the the exact topic 
that uh, their audience is looking for. Right. So then that drives their video views down. Uh, people don't watch more of the video. So when they upload another video, they're going, oh, is, he, is it another happy entrepreneur video or something like that? So it, it, those videos actually damage the channel. So being focused, like and all you need to do is spend three, six, 12 months just focused on that one topic. Then you can start adding in stuff like mindset and business stuff and other things like that. If, you, if you're talking about uh, building your business or whatever, uh, then you can uh, explore d different avenues. So, uh, but just focus on that one topic, two topics tops, as long as they're related so that your people uh, understand what you're about as soon as they land on your YouTube channel. And you get this with copy. If they don't understand straight away what the hell they're, they're, they're there for, they're going to go. There is bajillions of other videos on YouTube that YouTube are pumping in front of them, left, right, and center. They're just a click away. That's incredible. And that is something very, very true. Like so few people really understand that if you can just tell them what to do, it makes life a lot simpler and easier. 100%. And, and people want to be led. That's something that no one really wants to like understand. They don't want to think. They don't want to think. They don't. People dislike thinking. Yeah, and if you because the thing is, is that your brain actually burns up more calories per kilogram than any other organ in your body. So if if you are making them think for even a split second, that's burning more calories than they want to, and that makes them uncomfortable. That makes them hungry. They don't like that. So you you as you say, you need to lead them down a path. So. You, as soon as they land on your channel, they need to be able to pigeonhole you as quickly as possible. So on your YouTube banner, you have what you do, just a quick tagline, helping you grow your business with YouTube. Boom, done. That's it. They, they can get their head around that very easily. Um, then the next thing you need to do is to be able to tell them when they can expect your stuff. Tuesdays, 7 p.m. UK time. Boom, easy peasy. They can register that, pigeonholed. You uh, grow your business with YouTube 7 p.m. every Tuesday. That's easy to remember. No brain power required whatsoever. Okay, so you just on that question, on that, I'll ask. So would you suggest that you actually tell them at a time, like a TV show, or would you just be like every Wednesday? If, okay, if you can commit to a time, absolutely, 100%. If you can't, like I'm still struggling uh, with committing to a time because I need to get a bit ahead of myself on my, uh, my video schedule. Um, but if you can commit to a time, and this is what I tell my clients, is like pick a time. It's very easy to do. Like most of them will go out at 6.37, 7.30 p.m. UK time. So this is when to expect your stuff, just like your TV show. Okay, that's pretty cool. So basically you're scheduling it in as a weekly thing that they need to look out for. Exactly, exactly. Leads, leads so like another question I have, but we'll again jump on that after this. So yeah, it's like with, with the time, and then that, that comes back to being predictable and consistent. Um, so that if they're, if they're on a commute home, if they're on a bus, they can get out their phone, they can whip out your YouTube channel and watch your videos. So you're there for them. Right, okay, yeah, that's powerful. Because, you know, you expect it now. Exactly, exactly. So it's like, hey, you know, if, if, you're, um, if you're into inspiration, motivation or whatever, it's like, first thing on a Monday morning. And that's one channel we're working on very soon is that they will have a uh, motivating video 7, 7 a.m. every Monday morning. So it's like you're you're on your way to work. Your week has started. You feel like shit. You want to go, hey, I need a pep. You know, just give me something to boost my day, boost my week. Here it is. Yeah, I used that with Eric Thomas. Um, I, lo I, I love having, on, I love having uh, him in the background on a Monday whenever I'm thinking that. But I did actually have a fun thought 
which is you could actually, for anyone that wants to do this, just start a demotivating uh, or de uninspirational channel where basically all you do is just tell, you just go on there and you just moan and say about like really uninspirational shit and see how many views you get. You will actually get quite a lot. Oh, I'm, I guarantee it. It's probably the most shareable stuff on YouTube. Yeah, um, I actually, there was an Instagram account about this. Like the unmotivated Insta uh, Instagram account. I can't remember what it was. Unmo what was it? Unmotivational quotes or demotivational quotes or whatever it is. The person just basically took really motivational quotes and just like made them really shitty. They grew their, I think they were at like 50,000 followers right now. One of the one of the accounts. They're like 50,000 followers and they've yeah. been active since January. Yeah, because it's shareable content. It's like, hey, look at this crap that I found on Instagram. You're going to share it around with your friends. Exactly. And the power of being memeable is quite power is there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So continue on. Sorry, there's like so um, uh, where were we? So being predictable. Uh, yeah. So again, if you could give a time on this specific day that you upload, do that uh, again. Don't make them think. Uh, the next thing to do is to get into your content as quickly as possible. Let them know what your content is about. Uh, if you, When you watch my videos, you'll see in this video, if you're looking for X ways to, or if you're looking to grow your YouTube channel, uh, here I have five ways you can grow your YouTube channel in the next seven days. Duh, 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 duh. So I'm telling people what it is straight away. That's what I call the promise. Like you do with a headline. That's the promise of what to expect. And uh, from there, then like they'll have a bit of branding or whatever, and then I'll give a, a brief intro. They get into the topic. I'll have a, a, a soft call to action as well. And there, there is some uh, criticism in this sort of YouTube community about having a, a call to action to subscribe at the very beginning of the video. But the thing is, it works. So if you, when you watch my videos, you'll see, hi, David Walsh here once again from davidwalshonline.com. If this is your first time watching one of my videos, make sure to click the subscribe button and the notification bell to be notified every time we upload a video every Tuesday. See, I, I don't understand why people get mad at that. If you look at some of the biggest YouTube channels out there, like What Culture, if you look at uh, Watch Mojo or even stuff like Screen, um, what was it, Screen Rant or any of their yeah. channels, they all start off with the same thing. They all exactly. From, from the exactly. Beginning. Because people are expecting it at the end. So if you capture them at the front, it's like, oh, you know, it's 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 a a pattern interrupt, and it's like, oh, well, you know, this this is decent. So you're already placing that seed in their head as they're watching the video. So yeah, yeah, I'll subscribe to these guys. These are quite good. And this, like you were saying, you need to tell people what to do. And that's what I'm doing. Tell them. Don't ask them, hey, it'd be nice if you could subscribe to my channel. And it's like, no, tell them what to do. Yeah. Um, I was uh, a couple of years ago, I was having a chat with a guy at YouTube Space here in London. And he's like 130,000 or 130 million views on this channel. He was like getting like he and he had like an hour, hour and a half videos that were getting 100,000 views each. All of this sort of crazy stuff. And he had only 30,000 subscribers. And I go, what are you doing? He says, well, what do you do to get subscribers? He says, I tell them to subscribe. He goes, oh, I don't do that. And I says, you're an idiot. Wait, wasn't that, was that History Buffs? No, 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 no. This is a different guy. He was sort of did techie stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. The only reason I ask is because I know history buffs after we all, like I was with you guys on that day. Yeah. Um, I remember like you told him that and bam, his subscriber subscription rate went. Yeah. Through. Well, plus he was doing stuff with Vikings that really blew him up. But yeah, you know, obviously telling people to subscribe would definitely help that too. Yeah. 
I mean, you'd get a lot of views just with Vikings, but I mean, like in the sense of subscriptions, that's kind of exactly, exactly. You know, and it's like you, you've got to tell people, as I say, you don't want to make them think. Don't leave the option to them. Just tell them, hey, subscribe. It's good for you. Okay. Yeah, that's powerful. So, okay, kind of off of that, my, I had a couple of questions I wrote down specifically about this um, based on what you're saying. The first one, like you've mentioned it already, is content. And like you and I both know I, I struggle like a motherfucker to come up with content, which is why I love doing this podcast because I don't script these. These are basically I get someone on the show and I just talk to them and everything comes up. So my question for the whole content side of things, the, the thing that really helped me when I was doing this with you, and I still have the list, even though I have to go through vidIQ to actually work through it. And by the way, I still, uh, I'll put a link to vidIQ in the description. It will be an affiliate link, I will say that much. Just main reason is because I use it and I will be using it more so. Um, with, oh, definitely worth it. I pay like $7.50 a month for it, like $7.50. I'm probably going to upgrade to the $50 a month account because there's a lot more in there. But like... 10 bucks, less than 10 bucks, does what I need. But coming up with content, like vidIQ, I wish I had that before <laughs> I started creating these videos. What would you say for someone that say in, let's pick a niche, let's just say that their industry is motivational speaking, like they wanna get out there and inspire people, but because everything's been said and uploaded and re-uploaded and cut and blah, 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 how would they find that gap and how would they know what content to create? Because that could be the big thing. First of all, I would not worry about what's been up there already. Okay. I don't care because, again, like as you say, it's already been done and people have been before you and people will be coming after you, blah, blah, blah. The only the, – the big difference is, is they're not you. Yeah. It's you who they are buying. Your words are a tool to for them to connect with you. Like Tony Robbins is not the best – uh, person for NLP in the world. And that's what he did. And that's what he grew his business out of. He did uh, one course in NLP, developed the rest himself, and then just got, he had fantastic marketing and eventually became the best motivational person uh, in personal development. Yeah. I mean, if uh, just as a side note, if you don't mind me saying, but one of the things that he did, he didn't even finish the damn class. No. He literally left halfway through and started helping people at the coffee shop. Exactly. He applied what he learned. He got he got the tools he needed and applied it. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, the story goes that he left, went to a coffee shop, and while you know with your, with other seminar attendees, he just started asking people, "What's your fear?" And then he started mm. curing them right then. Mm. Yeah, you know, and as like people go, "Oh, I've got to wait, uh, you know, six months to be able to do this," and da da da. It's like just do it straight away. I say, you know, and, and the thing is with NLP, it's like it's not exactly a government certified thing. Yeah. You know, so there's no legal requirements to help people. Exactly. You know, you it's, don't need a legal certification. But anyway, we're getting, getting, getting back to the know, topic. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, do not worry about what's gone ahead of you and who'll come after you. There'll always be people there, irrespective of what uh, market niche or whatever you're in. Uh, people buy you. And when you have a message that is going to help people, they will buy you. Same as fitness. People don't just follow one fitness person. They'll follow 10 or 20 or whatever, because what they're saying at the time resonates with them and it's the same especially in, in personal development right. um, they'll follow one part they're not just following tony and oprah and they'll deepak Chopra and blah 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 like jay shetty basically grew his following literally because he was something that was a little different than the convention exactly right. exactly you know and so, the thing is 
he he could have still been successful doing pretty much the same what everyone else had done before him, but because they were actually buying him. Yeah. That's the thing. They were buying him and his message. That's a powerful thing. Now, I do have a question on here, and this is kind of like for someone that is looking at this game, but I don't know about content and all this, that, the other. I know this stuff, but everything has been done by, say, Russell Brunson or Tony yeah. Robbins or name a person or even David or Adel. Here's the simplest way that you can do this, and tell me if I'm wrong, please, because uh, I don't want to give this as bad advice, but would you say that you could actually look at what other videos are being made in the same industry and go, actually, I know more about that than that person does. I'm just going to create that video. Like You I'm don't even have to know more about that topic. Exactly. But I'm just saying like from a person that has that in yeah, their mind. Yeah, exactly. Game. And it's yeah. called modeling. So, and this is what uh, we work with, like we do for our clients as well, is we find out what videos are, are really doing well in a particular marketplace for a particular keyword, and we just model it. We make our own version. That's it. So you can go to go into YouTube, do a search for best motivational speech. You'll find a bajillion of them, and it's going to be very hard to rank number one. But if you want to start there and various search terms around that, then you can find what videos people are looking for, what videos Tony has done, Deepak's done, whoever, Oprah, yada, yada, yada. People you've never heard of before, which will happen. And then you just create your own and be consistent with that message. That's that's quite powerful. Now, that brings me to the second thing, because that actually solves the content problem. And one thing I'll throw in is, once you actually know what your market and who you want to go for is, um, and this helped me, create a spreadsheet. Just I hate spreadsheets, but create one that just says videos and topics and create 52 videos out of it. And even Absolutely. Better, if, you, if you have vidIQ, and I will push this, the simple reason is because you can actually go in there, type in your keywords, rank them by exactly what the search volume is and if you know anything you can literally find a video on youtube about how to use this tool in seo uh, or you can just follow david because i'm pretty sure he has a video somewhere with all the ones he's put up yeah, well we're bringing out more video iq videos very soon as it happens i reckon when this thing when this show airs it will it, they'll be there they'll be there absolutely so go check them out um because all that stuff will be there for you to actually go ahead and use um, and you can actually like fill out the spreadsheet full of content and stuff that you need. I still have like a ton of videos I need to release, uh, which actually reminds me, I still need to look for that. In the move, I somehow misplaced a four terabyte hard drive with like 10 years worth of like my career in there. So I've got to like search through that and I've just remembered. The cats got it. Yeah, they really did. Like Chase has basically got his little eye patch on, a little catastrophe over there. Yeah. Um, that was pun intended. But the other question I actually had for you and this is one that's been bugging me, but I didn't, I don't know why it didn't come to me until now. Um, when you're scheduling your content. Yeah. When you go through the YouTube scheduling system and cycle, usually like if you want to schedule it, say for release on the 14th of May or whenever it is, like three days from, from now or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, what you can do is of course you can schedule it, but it, it timestamps the upload date a few days beforehand. So like it doesn't look like it's fresh content. Um, how do you overcome that? Or does it not do that? No. Well, what YouTube say is that the release date is when it goes live. So if you upload it private or listed, it's that's not its release official release date. Uh, YouTube say that it's when it goes live. So uh, and this is a good thing, actually, because this and they do want people to schedule their content because they know that if they can they can put their stuff up and go away and not have to worry about it, then they're more likely to upload more content. Uh, and this, I use this as well. I'll upload a couple of videos, schedule it for a couple of weeks out. 
Um, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, I recommend scheduling to all my clients, uh, anyone I'm working with, because uh, it just makes things easier. Yeah, that does. Because like with this podcast, the reason I have a 90-day release schedule from recording to release is simply because I know if I had to do this every single week, uh, I'll forget or I'll get really yeah. busy or I won't feel like it. Life gets know, in the way. Yeah. You could end up with a throat infection. You know, I'd not be able to do this. And then you're out yeah. of content by a week. And again, yeah. the big thing with anything that you do, consistency is fucking key. Like consistency is, I've seen that with my Facebook posts. I put up Facebook posts consistently, engagement goes up. Yeah. I put up yeah. uh, Instagram stuff, engage, everything that you do consistently goes up with like this podcast. To give you guys sending emails out to your list, sending offers to your list, whatever it is, as long as you're consistent, it will pay off. Exactly. And consistent just means constantly doing. Doesn't mean that it has to blow. Oh, I've got the same message. That helps. But like you can actually have, as long as you're being you and doing it at the time you promise it, that's fine. Like this show comes out on Fridays um, every single week. Um, and here's a funny thing about this that really, really has helped. We've gone from barely making 5,000 uh, 5, downloads a month to doing over 25,000 downloads a month in the space of one year because we got consistent with our release yeah. schedule. That, exactly. That's all it was. So, exactly. And people go back and look at how, how often your upload schedule is. Yeah, they really do. They actually want to know if they can actually follow you or not. Um, and that kind of like brings me to this question that I really wanted to jump into because we've spoken quite a bit about this. And I think people, they deserve to know this uh, story. Why we why Ken and now me and everyone else calls you Mr. Or call you Mr. Magic. <laughs> now, at the end of this, I will go into and actually explain what this powerful question is. So the floor is yours to tell the people about your wedding and how incredible this all... By the way, before you even go into this, I want to preface this. I'm flustered right now trying to explain this because there's so many fucking variables. Number one, usually you need a good year for most people's standards to plan a fucking wedding. Mm -hmm. You did this... You told Lena you were getting married, like you two were going to get married in seven weeks. Mm. And then you managed to pull this off in seven days. Yeah, well, two weeks full. Well, okay. I, I, okay. There's a, probably a bit missing from that. Yeah. So the, the main wedding I, itself I, I, was seven days. But there's a, there's a bit before that. There's a bit of a foundation before that. Why, why it happened. So anyway, I'll, 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 I'll start at the beginning. So business is going well. Uh, quite a bit of money in my bank account, getting some really high-level, high-end clients, which was going great. Woke up in the beginning of February going, holy crap, I can get married this year. Um, now, the reason, uh, th there's a reason what we, we picked March 30th for a particular reason, is that my parents got married on that date, and Lena's parents, my, my wife, got married on that date as well. So that was the only date we were going to consider to get married on. Right. So I uh, wanted to get married last year, just didn't have the money to do so. So woke up in February going, holy crap, I've got the money to do so now. Business is doing fantastic, blah, blah, blah. So I said to Lena, you know, as you do, uh, do you want to get married this year? She goes, okay. I says, well, you organize the wedding, I'll show up. And I went, no problem. So uh, I got in contact with a travel agent and they did some searching for me, but they found out that I needed, we needed three months um, notice to be able to get a license to marry in all countries in Europe bar Cyprus. Now, we didn't want to get married in Cyprus because that my mother can't travel. So if we get married in Cyprus, Lena's parents are there and that would be an issue that one parent was there, one wasn't. 
So, and we couldn't, same with, we couldn't get married in Ireland, that my mother could be there, but Lena's parents couldn't. So we picked somewhere neutral. Couldn't find anywhere in Europe. So Lena did a search online and she found this place called Guernsey. Now, if you don't know wh- where Guernsey is or what Guernsey is, it is, <laughs> which you didn't actually, funny enough. I, really, I, I thought it was in London. I legit yeah, thought wh- it was where, in where in London is Guernsey was your quote. That was funny. That, that was um, brilliant. So Guernsey is an island between France and England called the Channel Islands. It's an it's a its own independent state. It's a little bit of a tax haven like Jersey um, and stuff. So uh, contacted um, contacted Guernsey, uh, rang up the courthouse where everything uh, all their administration and government goes from. Um, asked them says hey uh, can we get married? Says yeah here's what you do. Uh, you need to live on the island for seven days and then you can get married. You, you just present yourself and then you can get married. So worked on that timeline, had uh, booked a hotel, booked uh, the ferry over. We're going to drive over so we could have the car. Uh, then we started inviting our guests, yourself included, um, and a few other people, close friends and stuff like this. So uh, 16 days, uh, yeah, six, yeah uh, 16 days before we were to due to go out, uh, I get a phone call and I'm in my office and pick up the phone and she goes, hi, is that Mr. Walsh? And says, yes, uh, this is uh, Jane from Guernsey. Hi, Jane. How are you today? I says, I'm fine. Where are you? You know, thought that's a bit weird. So I says, well, I'm at home. And he goes, oh, and I said, what's up? He says, you can't get married now. I said, excuse me. And I says, you can't get married. I says, what are you talking about? Um, goes, you know that you have, you have to live in the island for seven days and then you've got an eight day grace period before you can present yourself to um, to the, the courthouse to get married. And I said, that's not what I was told. And I says, well, what were you told? And it says that we've got, live on the island for seven days and we can present ourselves on day eight. And she goes, nope, that's not the information you have told. So I did a bit of quick maths in my head. So I said, you're telling me we need to be on the island today. She goes, Yes. Wow. So I just asked her, what about the guests? <laughs> she goes, oh, you've got guests. And I says, yes, we've got guests. And it says, how many have you? And I says, about 10 or 12 are coming. She goes, oh, OK. Obviously, tourism is a, is a big thing there. So it was of importance. Um, so she goes, here's what you need to do. I says, you need to send me a copy of your passport, a copy of your birth certificate, uh, your travel itinerary and a full list of guests. And uh, it says it needs to be in my inbox by 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. It says, don't worry, Jane, I'll have everything to you tonight. Uh, so don't worry about that. So 9 a.m. came and went. I thought that's a good sign because if she rings bang on 9 a.m., we're, we're, we're screwed. We're totally screwed. So that was no problem. Two o'clock phone rings. Hello, is that Mr. Walsh? says, yeah. Hi, it's Jane from Guernsey again. Hi, Jane, how are you? She goes, I'm fine. I've got some uh, bad news. And I went, oh, Jane. She goes, uh, we've looked at the rule books. We've looked at every single thing we could. Uh, we've we've tried to find a way that you could get married, but there's no legal way that you can get married on Guernsey. And I says, oh, Jane. She goes, do you know Sark? And I says, I've heard of Sark, but I don't know it. She goes, you can get married there. Two things that I put in the email to Jane, one was our big reason why we want to get married on March 30th. And it says, um, the reason we want to get married on March 30th is that my parents got married on March 30th and Lena's parents got married on March 30th. And we want to get married on that date in their honor. 
So we left a big reason. Now, I didn't say that my par- like my parents were dead or alive, and I didn't say Lena's parents were dead or alive, but I just left it at that. Mm-hmm. So, and then the last thing I wrote, the very last sentence I wrote on the email was, how can it be possible Lena and I can get married on March 30th, 2019? Right. That's a powerful thing, by the way. That is a powerful question that Jane went ahead and answered for us. They had a problem that they couldn't marry us, but they found a solution, which was for us to go to Sark, because in Sark, we only need to live there for three days and we could present ourselves. Uh, we Then we've got a one day grace period and we can present ourselves. So it's a five day thing rather than a, a 15 day thing, 16 day thing. Right. So she goes, I've talked to Trevor uh, who, on the island. He's waiting for your phone call. And I says, uh, he'll be there till at four o'clock. I says, Jane, as soon as you send me the email with the information, I'll be calling him. She goes, perfect. I said, thank you very much. You're an absolute star. We really appreciate what you've done. So now we're back on track with our wedding. <laughs> yeah, because one, one thing I, 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 I didn't mention was that Lena had overheard the conversation, the initial conversation with Jane, and that we weren't able to get married. And she turned around and says, you better manifest this wedding, you. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So oh, yeah. anyway, so now we're back on track. We because uh, like in my mind overnight, I was going, we've got all of these people. I've got a refund. I'm just like I'm just running through the scenario. Of, I've got to message them. I'm going to refund all their money. Any any expenses they've got, I'm going to refund them. That's just the honorable thing to do. Wait, was that the reason why you sent out that WhatsApp message? You didn't actually tell us about this. You just sent out a WhatsApp message. This is the last week. If you guys can't make it, let us know now. and We'll happily refund you. Is that why you sent that message out? Uh, yeah. Okay, now that comes fruition, because I was like, why would he send that message a week before? Like, who's, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, who's pissed him off that's off the guest list? Yeah, so, yeah, the government, yeah, the, the Guernsey government was, was, was holding things in the palm of their hand. But we, yeah, we got a solution. So we, we got to, uh, Trevor on Sark was, was going to do it. So we'd organized, like, we'd, like, we had our, our, our boat over. We had our, our hotel anyway. So now we just had to make a little tweak and go to Sark for a week rather than living on Guernsey for the week. So um, everything was back on plan. We just needed to arrange a whole wedding. So we got there on the Thursday. Thursday night, we're having dinner um, in the restaurant, which is separate from the hotel. And as you know, in the the restaurant, it's the uh, Copenhagen bar and function room. So I thought, they've got a function room. That's a great place to hold a reception. So I went, we were downstairs, went upstairs into the restaurant and uh, the staff there are Italian or Spanish. So I said, where's your function room? They goes, function room? What is function room? And I went, oh, seriously. I said, it's the, in the name of the restaurant you're working in. It has function room in the name. It should give you uh, an idea. I don't know function room. So I was like, okay, I left it. Went downstairs, uh, t- walked, asked one of the other waitresses and says, um, where's your function room? He says, function room? What is function room? <laughs> you cannot be serious. So she goes, okay, I asked the manager. So manager comes over and says, hiya, <clears throat> I'd like to book your function room. He goes, oh, you need to speak to the manager of the hotel. I said, "That's." would you like me to get him? I said, yes, please. And I'm thinking, what does it take for me to give people money in this place? So we're having our dinner. The manager of the hotel is hovering around us and I'm going, please just come over. And he says, oh, I don't want to interrupt you. He's very sheepish. And I just said to him, it's like, uh, look, um, what would it take uh, for us to have a, a small, intimate group of friends for dinner? She goes, 
uh, if you buy the food, you get the room for free. And I said, Darn. that was so funny. Considering, like, especially because like London prices versus their prices oh, for food. Yeah. There was no, I didn't mention the W word, didn't mention anything at all. Because as soon as the W word comes in, everything is tripled, quadrupled, five times X, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, it says, come see me in the morning. Um, I'll have a, I said, do you do a a set menu? I says, yeah, we've got a set menu. Come see me in the morning. We'll go through the set menu. We'll set all that up for you. This is absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. So next morning after breakfast, went to saw the manager. He came down with this phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal menu, 20 pounds a head. And I was going, holy crap, this is fucking brilliant. And he says, I asked him, well, what about wine? He says, 10 pounds for a half bottle a head. And I says, done. So we had 12, you know, 12, 13 people, you know, and I was going for a wedding reception. That is just ridiculous. So um, we, we, we looked at the room like we were looking, planning it ourselves in our head that morning about this. This room would be great for the reception. We could hold a little champagne reception in the other room. Da, 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 da. So he said, well, you know, would you like would you like to have um, some Prosecco and some uh, hors d'oeuvres and stuff uh, when the people arrive? And it says you, you're thinking exactly what we're looking for. So he goes, here's what it is. Here's the price. And it says, perfect, done, it's done. Just do it, perfect. So had the reception sorted. Now we now we only had to sort out a wedding, um, hair, makeup, bouquet of flowers, cake, everything else. Both. The cake was delicious though. Oh, oh no, we're not, don't, don't talk about, don't talk about the transportation to like right at the end because that was magical, but we'll, just the rest. Yeah, so. So we got, uh, we were taking the ferry over and we were just using the, the, the your standard commercial charter. Uh, so I was looking at, well, because uh, I at that time it was at 10.30 in the morning. We found out on the Saturday that we would get married, that the boat was going over at 8.30. So I went down to um, the people we were on the ferry with and says, do you do private charter? No, we do group bookings. We don't do private. And so I was going, what does it take to give people money here? So left that. So the, the accommodation, when we got to Sark, uh, we sorted out again the night before. Uh, Lena found this place, looked decent, rang her up, um, sort of took her by surprise because it was out of season. Uh, wonderful woman called Mary Tear. And um, she sort of had to scramble that morning to get the place ready for us. Uh, so she got her, her girl to do so, and it was fantastic. And um, she, she goes, how long are you staying for? I says, a week. Okay, no problem. So here's how you get to my place. Because uh, on Sark, there's no cars, there's no taxis. Uh, tractor, if you uh, have a business, like you have a farm or you, you need it for your work. Or you're so, a doctor. Or, or you're a doctor. Yep, you're a doctor. Uh, correct. Um, so the only way to get around the island is walk, bicycle uh, or horse and carriage, which ain't cheap. So... Um, we walked uh, pretty much everywhere and got to her eventually. We did get lost, got to her eventually, got into our, 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 our chalet. Uh, it wasn't the greatest. And Lena's going, oh, it's a bit cold and this and that. And I says, it's not about where we're living. It's actually about Mary. And I knew there was a connection we had to we had to connect with her. So I would go up to her and go, hi, Mary. Uh, who do you know does hair and makeup? Oh, you need to speak to Jade. Da, 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 da. Leave her with me. I'll make a phone call. So we go off, do some um, sightseeing or whatever, touristy stuff, come back and married, have called Jade. And she's going, yep, she's expecting your phone call. This is how much it is. So she's done all the work for us. 
anything we were looking for, she knew who to talk to and all, made all those contacts for us. Fantastic. So that whenever we were thinking, oh, it's a bit cold here, it's a bit this, it's a bit that, we're going, it's not about the place, it's about Mary. She goes, yep, that's no problem. So um, we were doing the touristy thing, living on the island, fulfilling our part of the agreement so that we could get married there. Uh, so the Sunday before we got married, we still hadn't got a venue. Well, we had a venue, but it was it was in the um, uh, it was in basically their parliament, which is a little room with benches in it. Um, so it was OK, but it wasn't spectacular. It didn't have a wow factor. So everyone kept telling us about this hotel called Stocks. Like, and I knew about stocks because I went to book a room there. It was like 200 quid a night. So I was going, it ain't cheap. So if the rooms are expensive, then if we want to book a, uh, a wedding there, it's going to be through the nose. So we were having lunch there and asked the, the girl who was serving us, um, who do we talk to about holding a little get together here? Again, no W word. So she goes, oh, go in and talk to Paul. He's at reception. Perfect. Went in, introduced myself. And it says, what would it take to hold a, um, a small gathering, uh, a, an event for a small gathering of friends? He goes, you buy the food, you get the room for free. <laughs> I was going, holy crap, we can't make this stuff up. So he goes, we can do uh, we can do some finger food and teas and coffees. How's that? And it says, perfect. And it says, I've got this, this price, this price, this price. So we're going for the second one. Uh, it was just like fantastic. Absolutely. It was like we couldn't we couldn't make this stuff up. So now we had a reception. No, now we had a wedding venue. So he goes, OK, so I've got three rooms. We've got the library here. And I looked at it a bit small. We've got the um, uh, we have the restaurant. And it says, but you're going to have people having lunch here. And says, well, I'm not having people munching their food while I'm getting married. So that's a no. So he says, I have the quarry outside. And I went, show us the quarry then. So went up and he goes, oh, you can have it here. And you've got the rock face. And you saw it. It's like big rock face and there's weeds and stuff around it. And I'm looking at it going, that is the most ugliest thing on the planet. Why would anybody be looking at it? Why is he trying to sell this rock to me? So I turn 180 degrees, look out, and it's just spectacular view of the gardens and the greenery and everything that's there. And I said, that's your view. I says, we're going to have the wedding facing this way. The all our guests are looking out and that's what they see. Not an ugly gray rock face with weeds. Yeah. So done. Had our venue. So uh, two days to go. We still hadn't got a bouquet of flowers. We still hadn't got cake and we still hadn't got uh, someone to do Lena's hair. So Lena's making phone calls with the numbers we got. Uh, Hi, uh, could it be possible that you could do this? No. It was, it was a couple of days before Mother's Day. So everyone, the cake makers and the florists were up to their eyeballs doing flowers and cakes for mothers on the Sunday. Right. So everyone she rang, nope, can't do it. I need three weeks notice. Need six months notice. I need blah, blah, blah. Just couldn't do it. They're all slammed. I said, give me that fucking phone. So picked up the phone, rang a florist. How could it be possible we could, could get a small handheld bouquet of flowers for Saturday? Or for Friday, in fact. He goes, yep, that shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and Lena's like, you bastard. So uh, what would you like? And I said, Lena, there you go. So yeah, we'd like some white roses, some greenery, and a little tint of orange. She goes, yeah, no problem. How much are you spending? It says, this much. Okay, yeah, pick it up. It'll be ready by 2 p.m. on Friday. I said, perfect. So one down, two to go. So the next one was the cake. 
so I'm ringing numbers. They're, they're dialing out, get, leaving voicemails, all this sort of stuff. So I just cycle through the numbers again. Uh, so woman answers, goes, hi, uh, Rosalind speaking. Hi, Rosalind. Wonder if you could do me a favor. It depends on the favor. I knew I was in straight away. I knew I was in. She goes, yeah, how, uh, how could it be possible we could get a, a, a nice sponge cake for Saturday? What would you like? <laughs> I says, we'd like a butter uh, buttercream sponge and a chocolate sponge. Oh, you want two tiers? I says, yes. Uh, what would you like to glue it? And I says, well, what can we have? She goes, well, it's either going to be chocolate or, or, or jam. And she goes, no, 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 hold on. It's going to be chocolate fudge. I says, perfect, chocolate fudge. She goes, what would you like on top? I said, dancing fairies. <laughs> so she said, <laughs> nothing. And Lena goes, can we get chocolate shards on top? I says, yeah, some chocolate shards, chocolate shapes. I says, I'll tell you what you do. You give the kids a couple of bars of chocolate, let them run around, fall down, and just throw the chocolate on top of the cake. So she goes, um... It says, uh, you know, what else would you like on top? And it says, uh, she says, I can't do anything ornate uh, because it's Mothering Sunday. I says, that's fine. I says, what can you do for a wedding? Then she goes, oh, it's a wedding cake. I says, yes, it is. Uh, I said, I heard you can really pull it out of the bag. And she goes, I normally do. So everything was going really well. Got the cake, got that sorted. So I said to her, um, how uh, how can we get the money to you? Or says, how can we get the cake? She goes, well, what hotel are you staying at? I says, we're staying at the De Havilland. She goes, I'm actually going to a conference in the afternoon. I'll drop it off on the way. I said, Rosalind, you're a star. How do we get the money to you? It says, pop it in an envelope, put my name on it, leave it at reception. I said, Rosalind, you are fantastic. Thank you very much. So that was the cake down. Two to go, one left. Right. So... Uh, hair and makeup or the hair to do so we had phoned Jade who Mary gave us the number for before but Jade all of a sudden needed six months notice to get hair and we thought well there's there's only 500 people living on Sark there's not that many blue rinses that require six months notice to do their hair so um, we asked around says who else on the island does hair uh, uh, who, who could do hair. So somebody said there's a notice in the post office, the one post office on the island for somebody who's got like does hair and does haircuts and stuff like this. So we had gone up and we got the number for this person, person called Lara. So rang the phone. Hi, is that Lara? Says yes. How could it be possible you could do um, uh, hair for a wedding on Saturday morning? So this is the first time and only time that I mentioned the W word at the beginning. Uh, so she goes, oh, I'm actually working at Cara's chocolate shop at, uh, uh, in the morning. It says, well, what time are you working there? She goes, well, I'm there at 10. It says, well, how could it be possible you could come down before you go to Lara's and do the hair and you could leave by 9.30 and you'd be there in plenty of time. She goes, yeah, that'd be no problem. And it says, how long would you need? She goes, oh, about an hour, hour and a half. So I said, if you come at eight o'clock, that'll give you plenty of time to do the work and then you can leave by 9.30 and you're, you're in work on time. Because really for her, it was only a five minute uh distance anyway so now i needed an upsell so i said to, to lara how could it be possible you could also do the bridesmaids hair as well so lara's going oh oh uh, um, um i can't think of my feet i'm gonna have to call you back uh like you know i know leaning you at the time she's off the phone she's gone we will never get her so i didn't have time all i all i just said to her so well surely you could do it in half an hour 
So I says, oh, yeah, I can do that. So it's perfect. So if you come at 7.30, you'll do both hair and you'll be able to get work at times. Yeah, no problem. I said, perfect, Lara, fantastic. How much? So she's with somebody. She goes, oh, um, 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 how much do I offer? How, how much do I charge? How much do I charge? So she goes, 60 pounds. I says, done. So 60 pounds for hair for a wedding for two people. I thought, bloody hell, bite my hand off. So I said, thank you very much, Lara. Really looking forward to it. And uh, see you see you on Saturday. So put the phone down and Lena goes, oh, my God, you are a machine. And I says, yep. I says, that's what you've been working on the past couple of months. I said, absolutely. So you can take that anywhere. I says, yes, you can. So everything sealed and delivered. Got all of that. So we gone back to uh, to Guernsey. And uh, I had a sneaking suspicion Lara was going to bail. I just had this sneaking intuition was kicking in going, there's, there's a problem with Lara. So I said to Lena, give me your phone again. So call Lara again. Hi, is that Lara? Says, yeah. Hi, it's David. Oh, hello. Uh, just confirming you're still good for tomorrow. Says, yep, that's no problem. I says, um, now, by the way, I don't want to give you 60 pounds. I want to give you 70. She goes, oh, my God, you guys are amazing. I'm so excited to work with you, blah, blah, blah. All of this. And I put the phone down going, if she's excited to work with us, she'll show up. What we found out was that Lara needed 70 pounds to fix her bike so she could get to work. So you basically just ended up figuring out her exact situation for her. Well, we, we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know till after she had done the hair. That 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 part I didn't know about. So uh, yeah, and so Lara Lara came and she was fantastic. Did the hair? Did Lena's hair? Julia's hair? Went to work and then well because we went to uh, we went to the chocolate shop afterwards as part of the little little trip we had for our guests. And when Lena and I walked in, Lara was in the factory area and she could see Lena. And she went, oh, my God, you look so beautiful. Oh, my God, you're amazing. So she got to see the end result of what she worked on as well, you see. So it was it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That, so, so basically cool. pulled off the whole thing um, in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and add a couple of things from the perspective of the people that the actually guest. came, the guests that arrived. Um, the whole thing, from my perspective, was pretty much the idea of getting told, oh, we're going to be here. Because I didn't book my hotel um, right away because I had like, so many other things going. I just decided to stay at an Airbnb. But I was over at the hotel long enough anyway to be there. Yeah. Good one. So I get told next morning, oh, by the way, show up at this time. You know, We'll just have breakfast together. We'll hang out. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Cool. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, by the way, just a real quick uh, side note. My cat decided to knock something off the breakfast counter. That was the loud crash. And I, I did so, hear that. Yeah, just I'll, I'm not going to edit that out. Just it's I'll probably mute myself in that sense when I get to that point. Anyway, so while we're there, we decide <laughs> we get told what the itinerary for the day is. Yeah. Uh, and the itinerary for the day was you're going to have a boat ride over to Sark. Yeah. I was like, awesome. And usually like Sark seas, we, we were told that it could be a little bit choppy, a little bit yeah. bumpy. We got that. The, by the way, just to give you guys a heads up, the, the weather was delightful. It wasn't so hot that you were sweating in your clothes because we were all yeah. in suits. But it wasn't so cold that you needed a jacket. You basically showed up with a suit and you were like, it was the perfect Perfect for the day. It was meant to be 12 degrees. Then it went to a high of 14. It was 16. Not a cloud in the sky. It was perfect. Calm seas. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. My favorite thing, which I'm totally going to try and see if I can get the guys, uh, my tech team to actually put this up on the blog post 
um, which you guys will be able to find at lamarcy.com forward slash blog. Uh, and just look for this episode, which is, I think, podcast-david-walsh when it comes out. Um, you will see a photo of David taking a selfie and me photobombing in the background with, like, a thumbs up. That's my favorite photo uh, that yeah. I had with that day. But my favorite photo is the one that I managed to get of you guys, which is brilliant. But as we get there, we, we're taking the boat over. It's beautiful. <laughs> Calm seas. Gorgeous day. Get there. No idea what I'm expecting. Yeah. We're on a tractor ride. Now, the tractor ride only goes from the ferry to the top of the hill. It's only like a five or ten minute tractor ride. It's not even far. We get to the top of the hill. We end up in a horse-drawn carriage to the actual venue. Yeah. And then on the way back. Now, the whole venue is beautiful. Like Now, for everyone that knows, uh, I spoke about this when I did the whole podcast with um, Stephen and and Gregory about like how I started to become more and more emotional and actually get back in touch with my feelings and all the other fun stuff. I... Like, you got to, there was only 11 of us total, like, including you two. There were nine in total, actually, if we discount Julia as well. There were, like, eight of us that sat down, if that. Actually, seven of us that sat down. Um, most of us didn't even bother sitting down, to be honest. We, once the thing was done, we all stood right back up again. Yeah, well, we Trevor, Trevor, the guy who married us, told us it's going to be a four-minute ceremony. He lied. It was two and a half. Yeah, it was your birth. It was his birthday as well, and it was, was his actually- birthday as well. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so we, we finished. The- I've got another additional story on that. That so yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so while we're there, actually, uh, is it the whole thing about the plumbers for him as well? No, 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 no. Oh, oh there's another one. All right, fair enough. So yeah, basically, very quickly, what ended up happening was while we're there and stood there, first of all, the women start crying, like, um, oh my god. Uh, Dimitri's wife, whose name is... Oh, Michelle and Kim. Yeah, Michelle just started crying. And then that set me off and Sarah off and Sarah off and everyone else just... Yeah, Zenia. Zenia off. Yeah, we were all literally... It's not about Zenia, but still we all started crying. It's not about Zenia. Running joke, always the best. So we all started having this amazing cry. Like, even Clayton's crying, Ken, everyone we got. Like, it's so I was crying. Oh, yeah, you were. You were definitely crying. I could not hold it in. I wouldn't blame you. You, you, That was beautiful. Um, then so then then Lena saw me, so she went off, and it's like holy crap! Even 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 Trevor, the guy who married us, he ended up crying. But that we'll talk, come to that in a bit. It was amazing, literally. Even the camera crew, everyone was really like involved. Camera crew had an amazing time. We we're all having a great time. Now while we're there, I accidentally ended up taking my favorite photo of you guys, and I say accidentally because I was trying to get a completely different photo, mm. and I managed to grab this one, which I sent to you guys, and yeah, you know, that's that. Uh, so. Bunch of photos, great day, whatever it was. Uh, literally had a great time, had some great food, came all the way back in. And li- the food, by the way, considering how little, what was it, like 20 pounds a head? Yep. Yeah. Guys, I'm flying back over to freaking Guernsey in about, in summer with Ken. And David was probably going to drag you along. And Actually, let's do a, re- do a reunion for the sheep races. That would be brilliant. They do sheep races. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, we should just fly out there. The only reason I'm going is not for the sheep races. It's because of the shrimps. Like yeah. the, the prawns. The prawns were so yeah. delicious that we kind of want to go back to learn this recipe only. It's, it's that level. But the whole ceremony was so beautifully done. And from a marketing perspective, you guys might be thinking, hey, well, how, how does this apply? Look at the key words that David is using. How could we possibly make this happen? And is there any way? And again, there is that whole little thing. You're omitting the thing that people want to know that will actually raise the price. Yeah. Don't don't try and appeal to people's sympathies based on what you're getting. Don't yeah. Like, hey, I'm getting married, so could you do this thing for me? For them, they're like, oh, I can charge you more. Oh, if absolutely. You want to actually like figure it out? Just be like, hey, um, 
I have this many people coming uh, to this event. I don't even have to say it. It's like, I've got 10 people coming. It'll be absolutely amazing. Um, what can we do? How can we make this thing work? Small, intimate group of friends. That's all I said. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need to say. Not even an event. A small, intimate group of friends. We're all meeting up. How can we do this? Done. Great. Happy days. Especially during the quiet season where they don't have a lot of tourism coming in. It's brilliant. Exactly. Exactly. So they were they were um, they were happy for you know, a big group of people because their their season doesn't start till Easter. So they had a couple of weeks before uh, things were going to kick off. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, the, so the other story. Yeah. So the other thing is that uh, when we were in Guernsey, we went to the courthouse to see Jane and thank her for the work she did for us. So uh, we were got, talking to Jane. She goes, oh, you do not know how close we were to breaking the law for you guys. And I says, really? Says, yeah. Says we were they had a, and her words were a moral dilemma. Wow. About whether they could marry us or not, because we could have married you, but it wouldn't have been legal. Uh, and then when they called Sark, when they called Trevor and Sark, he said no, because it was his birthday. So they persuaded him to do the wedding as well. Wow. So the power of those questions was phenomenal. Yeah, it is phenomenal. Just something very simple. Um, very simple question that you can ask that actually opened up massive doors for you. Absolutely. David, I've got to, I've got to get you back on here again, man. I mean, like we've uh, we've run over the show time as we usually do. This is one of the longer episodes we've done recently, so I definitely want to get you on for a round two if you're up for it. Absolutely. But yeah, if if I can advise anything for you guys, go do besides all the stuff that we covered today about like YouTube channels, how to actually like find all the stuff that you need to do. Vid, vid IQ and why both David and I love that goddamn. Yeah. Um, go check out David Walsh online. That's pretty much his social media handle for everything, including yep. David Walsh. Online. Everything David Walsh online is me. Yep. Uh, just go check him out. He's absolutely brilliant. I'm eventually going to be kicking his ass into starting a podcast and he will be doing that, but you know, as time will take. Uh, but yeah, dude, thank you so much for sharing so much goddamn valuable information and just the stories are brilliant in its own right. And can't wait to have you back on again. Thanks very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Guys, go ahead and subscribe, rate, uh, share, do whatever you do with this podcast so we can get more and more guests on and of course grow the channel so we can get more and more awesome people on as well speak to you guys real soon and as always david it's been a pleasure guys i'll see you on next week's episode bye